This is Julio Cortez, health and happiness coach, here to serve you. And now, the left's gate, the shape of progressive conversation. Wendy Sheridan, and you are listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. Hey, I'm Robin Renee. Hello, I'm Mary McGinley, and here's a fact for you. Iceland does not have a railroad system. I have a fact for you. All clownfish are born male, and they only change sex to become the dominant female. Oh. Mm. So... That is an interesting all of you, fact. All of you uh, transgender eradicating Wasn't Nemo <laughs> a clownfish? Wasn't yes, he? yes, Nemo was a clownfish, as was his father. <laughs> so actually, if his mother died, that might have meant his father should have changed sex. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Deep thoughts. <laughs> Nemo 3. <laughs> well, here's another random fact for you. The politics of Ethiopia takes place in a framework of a federal parliamentary republic, wherein the prime minister is the head of government. The president is the head of state, but with largely ceremonial powers. Interesting. Yes. That's, yeah, so that's random facts for you. And (laughs) um, so I also just wanted to say welcome to December. And 2020 is almost behind us. I don't know anyone who's sad about that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, coming up in this podcast, I have an interview with my friend, Samantha Poole. And uh, we have a really interesting conversation. She talks about asexuality and also about some of the terms that she is credited as having created that pertain to sexual and romantic orientation. It's pretty interesting. I did not know that these terms may well have originated in her discussions. So that's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun to uh, listen to that. And then later in the show, I'm going to tell you why the new Animaniacs is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> but before we move on to the news, we want to give a shout out to our Leftscape listeners. And if you're new to the show, hello and welcome. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you can catch a new episode of Leftscape every other Wednesday and subscribe on our website. That's the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode. And our website is leftscape.com. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're on the website, sign up for our monthly newsletter, The Leftscape Lookout. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leftscape. Follow us on Twitter at Leftscape and follow us on Instagram at Leftscape. To support the podcast, please join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Leftscape, where we have extra content and fun stuff. 
You can join at the front row seat level for a dollar a month, and that goes up from there. And we thank you so much for your support. We really, really appreciate you. Yes, yes, we do. And now here's all the news we can handle. How was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Well, we had Thanksgiving. That's news. That is a news item, yes. This must have been the easiest Thanksgiving you've ever had. No, I don't no. know. I, I don't agree with it. It's not the no. easiest. Now, my daughter kind of got, she got very fancy. And she ended up, we ended up using cloth napkins because I have like a few of them. And then I had to do laundry after, which I wasn't Yeah, but you didn't about. have tons of people over your house. No, but I had, I had, I think, six hours of Zoom meetings. Oh, <laughs> so and, and it was like different families and different Zoom meetings. So it was it was quite the it was pressure because like, like I'm looking at work. It was it was it was like first we had to talk to, you know, the local family who would normally be here. And, and then it, we added in a bunch of people who are family, local family, but they have their own they do their own Thanksgiving. So that was 20 minutes of people fucking around with their phones, trying to get them to work. And then another 20 minutes of actual conversation. And then my brother wanted to talk to me before we got on the Zoom call with my cousins who we haven't seen. We haven't had a Thanksgiving with them in at least 30 years. And I haven't. Wait, 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 wait. I haven't seen any of these people since my dad's 90th birthday party 15 years ago. So that was intensely. It was fun and it was emotional. My family, historically, after dinner, we would all play games, and and this was the thing, and and we were basically reenacting our childhood, because after a while, all of the people who weren't in the core cousin group had dropped off, like all the kids, and you know the all the kids and all of the spouses who married in after, <laughs> they all dropped off, and it was just like the cousins and my aunt and uncle. So that was kind of like a throwback to our childhood, which was which was fun. And I'm hoping my brother is successful re- for organizing online games for us to play going forward on a quasi monthly or every other month basis, which I would enjoy. Yeah, so let I, us know how that goes too, because yeah. I'm looking for games to play online. Oh, I'll play that. I play that with <laughs> you, but we need like at least four people. So, yeah. <laughs> so how was your Thanksgiving, Mary? Mine was nice, although I felt guilty the entire time because of how they were saying, don't travel, don't travel. And I actually drove my car. So, but I figured at least I'm not in an airplane breathing on other people and I'm just in my own car. And I went to my sister's my, and I felt guilty about that because they say, don't go to other people's houses, but um, my sister, it was just my sister and her husband. It wasn't anybody else. And we had a nice time. And what I realized, too, because I was debating about whether to do it or not, you know, like, and I was thinking, well, the food is not all that important. But then I realized what I wanted to do with my sister was cook. Mm-hmm. We, not so much eating together as cooking together. And She's got a nice big kitchen and everything works as opposed to my kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I went and then after we had dinner and uh, it was very nice and we didn't have too much of anything. And 
and the turkey was very good. And I kept on thinking my husband would have liked it because he always complained about turkey being too dry. This was nice. After we ate, though, all my nieces and nephews, so it's young people involved, all set up the Zoom call. And everybody was on all at once. But the young people, because they're more um, used to computers and all, they didn't have any problem setting it up. Their thing to do was that, and apparently they claim that this is a family thing, although I never saw it, except in pictures of the rest of my family, is that after Thanksgiving dinner, everybody has to hang a spoon off their nose. <laughs> so and and get their picture taken and you it's it's a trick you have to balance a spoon on your nose and and then they say if there were two people who said they were in love with each other they had to both balance the spoon on their nose and see if they could kiss at the same time without the spoon falling off and if they did then that was a sign of true love i have never heard of this tradition <laughs> I've never heard of it either, yet I'm told that this is something my family always does. I do have a collection of pictures of other people with spoons hanging up. <laughs> That's funny. There's well, some sort of trick to it that I think my nose, I, I told them my nose is too petite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So wh okay. what did you do, Robin, yeah. for Thanksgiving? I had my one friend, Amy, here. Um, She's really my my COVID safety pod person, I would say. Um, okay. Oh, that's you know, good. so we really sit down and talk over like any contacts and different things. And I had a dentist appointment that was supposed to be the week before the couple of days before Thanksgiving, and I made it after so that I didn't have like a close contact within that time frame and stuff. And um, she made it here without having to stop at a rest stop because that was my concern. Like I don't like it's the get it's it's the it's not the driving your car thing. It's the it's the getting out of the, the car, getting out of the car, and yeah, encountering people rest, along the way. Restrooms are the worst places too. Right, exactly. So so that was good. And we let's see, we made a, a good vegan Thanksgiving and ate outside, and that was cool. And later on, like the next day, we we went hiking in the pines, and we did some ritual. I, with the fire outside and um, that was really lovely like in the almost full moon so we had a good couple of days actually it sounds very nice and restful yeah too. Yeah. yeah it was nice and yeah. i took a break from news so all the news i can handle hasn't been very much lately <laughs> yeah I, I i spent the rest of the weekend playing video games literally like the entire weekend but the next news item is related to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Burks, our COVID maven, says if you traveled for Thanksgiving, you have to, quote, you have to assume that you were exposed and you became infected. So they, she wants everybody staying home for the next two weeks. Yeah. I thought traveled. about that too, even though I, I feel confident, you know, even just having another person in my home at all, I want to really lay low for a while so i've been yeah. doing the same it's thing. a terrible storm right while we're recording it's a bad storm so you want to stay in anyway well yeah. that's just today we yeah. have two weeks and and i know it, it was like okay two days ago there was not a cloud in the sky at dawn 
and and this is this will become relevant in a little while when I tell you why I'm giving a shit about the skies at dawn. Oh. Um, <laughs> and 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 today it was well last night we had a, a an annular eclipse of the moon at like supposedly at four thirty a.m. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah. the sky was completely occluded by clouds last night and this morning yeah so, so you could so, set your alarm to wake up at four o'clock to see nothing yes I, it's why i slept through it but <laughs> i got up at five i was like annoyed as oh shit i slept through it but yeah it, it's like new jersey seems to give us clouds when there's any kind of in, interesting celestial event happening recent mm. a re in recent memory so hmm. other news uh, Joe Biden over Thanksgiving holiday, I guess it was yesterday, actually, was playing with his dog and somehow fell and broke a bone in his foot. Oh, so, no. <laughs> so he has to uh, wear a boot for a while. At first, when they I heard it on the news, they said his ankle. And I thought, oh, my God, that's going to be bad. He's going to be up with a cast on it and not not be able to move. And, it, and I can just picture the, the visual of him walking with crutches or at least a cane. And they're going to the Republicans are going to say, oh, how old he looks. You know, right. Right. With a cane. But uh, <laughs> but can you just imagine, though? Yeah. How old he looks. But you, can you imagine Trump playing with a dog? <laughs> no, he doesn't care yeah. about animals at all yeah, so. care about animals at all I, yeah my uh my fantasy is is he wants to go to pet a dog and it bites him uh, <laughs> yeah well that eagle attacked him that oh, yes yeah. <laughs> that video has given me hours of pleasure i <laughs> just play it on repeat for a while yeah, right yeah. i just wanted to end with saying that um I like having a president who has a dog and and is willing to play with it. Me too. <laughs> Two, right? He's got uh, what's his name? General and no, I can't think of their names. But I don't know. Yeah. I, has any president had a, a White House cat? Yes. Yes. Okay. Fox. Um. Uh. Bill Clinton. Clinton. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to think about like if if like my cats had to adapt to moving, they would be like unhappy for at least a minute yeah. <laughs> going into a big place like that. I just right away thought about when I heard the Clinton had a cat, I was thinking, Oh, I hope they're not letting that pee on the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> Champ and major. Those are the Biden dogs. The, the, oh, okay. Thank the you. Incoming first dogs. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, there was a video I watched um, on the internet where you watch such things of this tabby cat walking up to 10 Downing Street and just sitting there and looking over at the policeman guard who oh, looks yeah. back at him and mm. takes him a beat and then he opens the door for the cat to let it in. Oh. <laughs> I love that. I did love that. Mm. Um, and now back to less fun things. The COVID Act Now website, which is one of my go-to places to keep up with it, uh, added a fifth color over the last week or so because oh i hadn't God. looked at it the fifth color is a maroon for uh so worse which, than code red which means severe outbreak uh -huh. and almost the entire nation is red or maroon and red is an active outbreak and maroon is a severe outbreak uh, maine vermont and hawaii are the only states that are yellow as well as puerto rico 
Mm. So, and the only green place is um, a little tiny island territory that we own, uh, which whose initials are like CNMI, and I believe oh, it's the Mariana Islands, mm. the Commonwealth of the Mariana Islands. They're mm. the only ones that are green. So, that is sobering. Well, I have stocked up my cabinets, and I'm not planning on going anywhere for a while because that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's very very scary. I mean, the numbers in New Jersey are similar to what we were seeing in April. Yeah. Which... That's the thing. It's like you have to get into the mindset to go back to that time and remember we were really battening down the hatches at the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, scared the, the other thing I saw on, on that particular website for New, the state of New Jersey is that we're using 100% of the ICU, mm, wow. yeah. which is means there's no room for more patients. Um, and somebody else was telling me, uh, was giving me real numbers. Like we, like right now, I think there's 560 beds. And she was talking that we had in the spring 1700 beds. And I think some of those were part of those mobile hospitals that they had set up at the Meadowlands and, mm -hmm. and somewhere down in South Jersey. Mm -hmm. And, and those are not here anymore. And, and that's the really the thing that really bothers me about people who are still not believing that this is real is once the hospitals fill up, the next person to get sick isn't going to get care and they're going to die because they can't get a ventilator or they can't get, you know, and, and also get sick with something else. Yeah, well, yeah. If you get sick, yeah, if you have a heart attack or a stroke or some other issue, you you know, there's nowhere for you to go anymore. And not only that, but the medical personnel have been working this the entire year and they're freaking exhausted. Mm. You know, yeah. and and they need a break too. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. A, or a car accident or something that comes out of the blue. And it was just yesterday I was hearing on Thanksgiving Day Somebody on the New Jersey Turnpike drove down the wrong side of the road in the wrong way, didn't realize he was heading in the wrong direction and smashed right into uh, a car with three children in it. Oh. It was really sad. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, I mean, that is actually, you know, I think we're going to take it by case by case in terms of whether I'll try to even get together with my one friend you know it, it, during holidays or whatever but if it's you know insane like this like you don't you that you're right that's a good point you don't want to have an accident or any any other thing that could happen while traveling somewhere you know <laughs> so and not only uh, that but the way the way everything works is there's an there's something like like thanksgiving and then two weeks later is when people get sick and three weeks later is when people start dropping dead and that's Christmas. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, the numbers are, are only going to go up for December and I'm sorry. But on the happier side, <laughs> there are some good news like Moderna just came out with uh, their own version of uh, uh, a vaccine that is keeping people from getting severe uh, symptoms. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And those are coming 
when they're saying some doses might start coming December by the end of the year or something. December 21st. I, I read this morning uh, in New York times, uh, somebody in the New York times said uh, that they think that it will be getting back to normal by next May. Hmm. Wow. Well, that's something, that's a good reason to be very circumscribed in your behavior now too. Yeah. I was thinking I mean, a lot we're about not... that. Like stay, stay, keep it together and it won't be as long as, you know. Yeah. I, and I also, you know, the, the general population is not first in line to get the vaccines. Right. You know, first they, I, I would assume that the vaccines are first going to go to medical yes, people. Yes, that's what they said. You know, because they they can't get you know if they get sick they're not they're done. There's, right. Then you lose you lose your doctor or your nurse, and and that community is very stressed out and thinned thinned out anyway. So mm. by the time, I mean maybe as because many of us are considered elderly or they said older, specifically we, elderly in nursing homes or yeah so the nursing they're, well they're yeah it's the, it's the really the really affected population should be getting the vaccine first yeah you know i mean i can i can wait it out i can wait for you know for like the merck vaccine mm. <laughs> which isn't even in trials yet mm. Mm. So, what else do we got? Mm. Robin, you have a thing. Well, there are, yes, I do. Uh, just reminding people that there are two Senate seats coming up in Georgia in January. And those are like hugely important elections to. Those are the linchpins. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. To uh, help gain control of the Senate. So um, you can go to Vote Save America and uh, to go to their Adopt-A-State and um, learn about what you can do to volunteer. And, you know, you can also donate to the individual campaigns and do other things too. But that's one uh, site that is really good at like giving you a bunch of options about ways you can help. And that awesome. is uh, something to keep aware of and try to pour some money and effort into for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, it, it's basically going to be the difference between the government getting anything done or not, because yeah. McConnell is not if he if he pulls the bullshit he did when Obama was in, which is even if it's good for the country, we're not going to let any legislation pass. So mm -hmm. if you're looking to get perhaps a covid relief payment, another one, um, you know, because the current administration isn't going to do it for you. And uh, so if you if you think you might want some money for all of the work you've lost this year and all of that other stuff, you want the Senate to flip to Democratic so we yes. can make some changes that we really need to do. We need to fix what so, Trump has broken. So what would you suggest people doing about that? I don't know if you donating would, money. Yes. Move to Georgia. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but definitely donate money to the campaigns if you can. And there's probably phone banking opportunities or other, you know, the way you get out the vote any other time. I'm sure mm. there's a lot of that to do. Yes. Yeah, hey, something else is very uh, important this week <laughs> uh, is on December 3rd. That's Thursday. We celebrate the birth of our friend, Wendy. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Happy birthday in advance, Thank Wendy. Thank you. 
Yes, I made another trip around the day store. <laughs> nice. And I think that's all the news we can handle today. <laughs> Hi, this is Tom Limoncelli, time management trainer and LGBTQ activist. You're listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Well, I am here today with Samantha Poole. Samantha is uh, here to talk about a, a couple different things, really, but mainly uh, she wants to say that she identifies as heteroromantic asexual. And she has been a member of AVEN, which is the Asexual Visibility and Education Network since 2002, when it first began. And I've known Samantha for many years, and this claim to fame is brand new to me, that she was recently credited by members of AVEN as being the first person to coin the terms describing romantic attraction in the absence of sexual attraction, such as heteroromantic in her case. And uh, when she's adulting, she is a psychiatrist with a special interest in the LGBTQ plus population. And in her spare time, she likes to belly dance, play the banjo, attend cosplay cons, as well as the annual Devo fan gathering, which is, I believe, where she and I met in uh, 2005, if I'm correct. That is correct. That's an important <laughs> awesome. place to meet someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I just want to say welcome to the Leftscape, Samantha. It's great to talk to you. Hello. And it's good to see you. It's been too long. <laughs> I know. So this is so fascinating to me. Um, for a long time, I've been deeply appreciative of the increasing number of terms we have to describe our ways of understanding ourselves when it comes to gender and sexuality. Um, so it's cool that you have a real part in in making that happen. I find that amazing. I think it's awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to start a little bit um, first with a little asexuality 101, if you can. Um, I know this probably bores you if you've talked about it a lot, but oh, I um, have no problem educating the public about it. It's one of my passions, actually. Good, good, good. <laughs> so, can you um, describe a little bit of your journey into understanding yourself as asexual? Um, yeah, first I'll describe it, what asexuality is. Um, okay. One time I went to a psychoanalysis conference, and they said that a person's orientation is defined by the content of their sexual fantasy, and so like the common example might be like the Mormon gay man who marries a woman and for all intents and purposes, the society he's in thinks he's straight, but, but he's a gay man because he only fantasizes about men or something, you know? Um, so when, when I heard that, when I heard them say that at that conference, I was really confused. I was like, well, then I mustn't have an orientation cause I've never had a sexual fantasy. <laughs> um, as it turns out, there is an overlap between uh, people with no sexual fantasies and people in the um, Asperger's autism spectrum. Um, so there's actually quite a number of people in the spectrum who are members of AVEN. Um, how I found out I was asexual, I found out at a younger age, I shouldn't say, I found out at, at a young age well before asexuality was even known as a orientation. And the reason why I found out so young 
is because I'm heteroromantic and experience romantic attraction towards men. Um, starting at the age of 13, um, I kissed my first boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in my case, I actually had a problem with love addiction when I was younger. So I dated a lot of guys. I kissed, you know, as many guys as somebody might who would have been a sex addict. Um, and so I, my intense emotional romantic feelings had, were, were like a complete um, mysterious juxtaposition against my lack of any sexual attraction, which at the time I thought nobody liked sex. I thought it was just something people do to be cool, like smoking your first cigarette, you know? Um, but after repeated relationships, then I finally met the man I wanted to marry when I was senior in high school. Um, we were together for four or five years and he wanted to have sex with me. And I thought that was the weirdest thing. (laughs) So I got in therapy, thought I was a survivor of sexual abuse and nothing came up. Um, the reason I was in the therapy is because I was motivated because I, I wanted to keep that relationship with Dave. If if I had been aromantic, which is another orientation, which is lack of romantic attraction, I probably wouldn't have had all these, all this need to explore what's going on with me. Um, so um, after a, a few, after a number of failed relationships where uh, they ended because I wasn't quote putting out unquote. Um, I, I decided to label myself as heteroromantic because I, I, I was not, I didn't have a sex drive per se. Um, and I found that group Avon because I would do an, an occasional internet search for human asexuality and it just came up with biological terms and stuff like that. But one day a miracle happened, 2002, there were other people out there describing themselves as asexual and starting this little group. So, of course, I at that time, it was a group called the Haven for the Human Amoeba. Um, I think this was before Avon actually started. So I was part of that listserv, and that's where I had uh, posted in 2002 my terms, heteroromantic, homoromantic, and biromantic. And I was like, uh, didn't aromantic didn't even occur to me because I had such a strong romance drive. But apparently, most aces are, most asexuals are actually, I don't know about most, but a good portion of them are aromantic as well. Um, hopefully that is a good nutshell. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's a lot. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Um, is it, is it similar to coming out as LGBTQ when you talk about asexuality with people? Um, so I defined myself as asexual before I, there were, before I really realized that there were others. Um, mm. When I did realize that there finally, you know, when I finally found out that there were others, I didn't even think of it as an orientation, honestly. I thought of it as the absence of an orientation. But when in the community, you know, on Avon, they were describing asexuality as an orientation, then yeah, then I felt kind of like, oh, I guess my orientation is, isn't the norm. I always thought of myself as part of the heteronormative gang, except just minus any interest in sex. <laughs> but now that I see that, people in the ACE community have definitely, you know, carved themselves a nook in the LGBT umbrella, you know, basically the non-totally heterosexual umbrella, then I'm like, yeah, so I felt kind of like it was a coming out, but like it was already there. It would have been like if I was a gay man who 
knew he was attracted to men, but didn't know it was a real thing until he found out there were other gay men, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like kind of finding your uh, affinity group in a way or like something I felt, like that. If, I, I felt, if anything, I felt validated. I mm-hmm. felt extremely validated when I met, the, when I found out there were others like me. In fact, when I first met you, that, oh no, I had just, I had just discovered Avon before I met you, but I didn't know you well enough to tell you the whole story. <laughs> very very cool i want to read a little bit about uh from your you there was the you'd put a post on this group called haven for the human amoeba which is the first known use of these terms correct apparently yeah yeah (laughs) so um this is what one of the things that you said you said to me, heteroromantic equals interest in romance, but not sex with the opposite gender. This was my own neologism created in search of defining myself, which follows that one could be homo or biromantic as well. This descriptor implies that the person is an asexual who is, inter- who is interested in romance. Um, that's, yeah, that's great. And you talked a little bit about, you know, what it was like to find that name for uh, describing yourself. Um, I'm curious, though, it seems that those terms have morphed a bit now that they've been out into the world. You know, I hear a lot of people using those terms who are not asexual um, because it really adds a dimension to anybody's experience. You know, for example, I'm very much biromantic and bisexual. And other people might be biromantic and heterosexual or any other yeah. combo. Oh, yeah. You know? yep. So did you did you envision that use of the, the those terms? Um, well, okay. It still mystifies me to this day why there's some people whose romance, myself included, whose romance drives do not match their sex drives. And like, but the fact that there's others makes me feel not so abnormal. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. back in 2006, I had a therapy patient. Um, I'll just name him Chuck, you know, just for the sake of anonymity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was confused about his sexuality. He identified as gay, um, but he hadn't dated anybody. And and at least when he started seeing me, he was still a virgin. I think he finally slept with somebody that, you know, but whatever. But he, he was confused because sexually he was attracted to men, which is why he called himself gay but the only people he ever fell in love with were women. Um, so he had female friends that he was infatuated with, wanted to hug and cuddle. I, I don't think, I don't remember if he wanted to kiss them or not, but he definitely was infatuated with them and wanted, was in love with them. He had never been in love with a man. There's my kitty. Um, he had never been in love with a man before, but but had sexual thoughts about men. And so so I finally helped him realize I guess who he was with the use of the labels and this was again before anybody knew about these words except for me I mean this was 2006 so they hadn't really achieved worldwide uh, usage <laughs> so I, I helped him identify himself as being homosexual but heteroromantic and and that helped him a lot um, and I think he eventually found a relationship that was poly so that he could basically that's what I've had to do you know um, with my partner he's Polly and I let him sleep with whoever he wants. As long as he still is in love with me, then I'm cool with it, you know? Um, But that's what, so back then, yeah, that's when I really, you know, was, I was trying to push hard the idea that there are people out there whose romantic orientations are are not on the same axis as their sexual orientation, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Very, very cool. That's an interesting, um, you know, um, romantic re- relationship and, and um, arrangement as well. Does that feel natural for you? Does it feel like a stretch? Does it feel... Um, my situation, balanced? you mean? Yeah. Um, huh, it's a good question. I think when I was younger, it would have been bad for me because of my history of love addiction. I would have been like, oh, this is an excuse to have emotional affairs. Yeehaw, because that was my history. Um, but now that I've worked through a lot of those issues, um, I'm happy with it because because I am strongly romantic. And so the idea of not being in a relationship is harder for me than it is for a lot of other aces or aromantic. Um, if I had my druthers, I'd probably rather he be monogamous towards me, meaning like that he be asexual because um, I would never put that on a guy who's not asexual. Like even when I was God, with my ex-boyfriend Dave, after I was in therapy with him and couldn't come up with any sexual abuse history, I actually asked him if he would sleep with someone else because I didn't want to lose him and he just couldn't do it. So I guess it's kind of natural, given the that given the fact that there's so few hetero romantic ace men out there, um, and because I've worked through a lot of my own issues, I don't have jealousy. So maybe the timing is right. Maybe that's what it is. If that Very makes cool. sense. Yeah, yeah, that does. Interesting. Um, so anyway, I'm glad to hear that you're you have a connection that is positive for you. That's very cool. Yeah, and he's a good and guy. Like, nice, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how were you recognized by Avon? What was that like? Did you win something? Did they just announce this? How did or how did they um, even discover that that was really the first use? And so, I think what it is is Yahoo. Well, before I'd even tell you that, it's funny because I I kind of remember, you know, making that post years and years ago. And then when I heard other people using my terms, I was like, I wonder if that came from me. I'm like, I wonder if I'm the one that invented those officially. But I like, because I'm not really like full of myself, I was like, you know, it's probably someone, you know, it's probably, um, what's that word? Parallel evolution. Like someone else probably thought of it, you know, but but I still thought it was cool that other people using those terms that I thought I had invented, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so apparently, I guess a year ago, a little under a year ago, Yahoo Groups was disbanded. And and that post I made was part of Yahoo Groups. And so people in Avon, um, I don't know a lot of the people in Avon because I'm not a, very actively involved currently. But apparently, like some of the higher up members of Avon took it upon themselves to make a project to uh, transcribe all the stuff that had, had, you know, all the conversations from the Haven for the Human Amoeba uh, Yahoo group. And when they were sifting through all the conversations that went back to, I don't know, 98 or 99, I guess, um, they found my, they found different people's posts. I'm not like the only person that they singled out. Somebody else had invented the term aromantic. And so that person was also spotlighted or whatever. Um, so yeah, so they found my post where I had mentioned those terms, the one that you had read, um, and then they were like, I think this is the first usage of these terms that we've been able to find in our archives. We, and so they contacted me and told me that, and I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my suspicion may have been true after all. I was like, wow, it's great. <laughs> that is very cool. <laughs> so I'm very curious about, uh, did you get a, an award or do something specific around um, being able or being recognized for creating those terms? So I was, 
invited to a live stream. Um, I believe they broadcast it on YouTube, but the way it worked was it felt like kind of like a panel at Comic-Con. There was like three or three or four people that were like permanently in this, in this YouTube video. And, and then they, they would add people to their video, um, people that were like highlighted for questions and stuff. And so they added me as like a special guest. And meanwhile, like there was several hundreds of viewers and they were just constantly posting questions that would pop up on the screen. And, and I would answer questions here and there as, as appropriate, or sometimes the moderator would actually send me the question, like they wanted that one specifically answered or something like that. So it was kind of cool. I just felt like I was, again, I felt like I was part of a panel at a Comic-Con or something. <laughs> that sounds like, that was sounds fun. Did you remember any of your favorite questions that you got? Um, one of the, one of the, one of the topics was incredibly ace moments, apparently. So there's a, there's a, um, a thread on Avon's forum called incredibly ace moments. And it's been there for, I don't know, a long, I think since 2008, but they were asking me about one of my incredibly ace moments. And specifically what that is, is something that an ace does where they're oblivious because they don't realize because they're ace. So for example, when I was in college dating and stuff like that, my mom, see, how did it go? She said something like, you know, I don't, I'm not too worried about you. I know that you, I know that you don't sleep with your boyfriends. And I said, and I was dating a guy named Shannon, Shannon at the time. And he and I shared a bed together because we were dating. So I said to my mom, what do you mean? I don't sleep with my boyfriends. I sleep with Shannon. And she's like, huh, you're actually, ha you know, you're actually having sex with him. And I'm like, no, we sleep together. Like I didn't understand that <laughs> sleeping with someone meant having sex with them. I love sleeping with my boyfriends. I, I love it. You cuddle up, you kiss. It's great. To me, that <laughs> to me, that's home plate. So apparently that was an incredibly ace moment because everybody else knew that that meant to do it with them, to do the, to do the dirty with them. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's a great story. <laughs> Thanks for that. Wow. So um, thank you for that amazing contribution. It really has helped you know, me communicate and and you know there's so many words for you know just discovering terms non-binary and gender fluid and um androgynous for me have been really helpful and, yeah. and as well as like the words for sexuality and uh you know so it's helped me a lot like getting that credit has helped me like on a deep level because one of the resentments i guess that i've dealt with um, is feeling like I was kind of robbed of the chance of finding a husband because, you know, no one wanted to commit to me. No one wanted to marry me, you know, that kind of thing, because I wouldn't put out. And I, I lived with this resentment for so many years. And then when, and then, and it was partly because when I was younger, these terms were not pop. It, asexuality was not a known orientation. So people couldn't like go on dating sites and find other aces the way they can now. And so I feel like I've, I have helped contribute to the generation after mine, helping some of those younger girls and boys, whatever, be able to find partners in ways that I couldn't, didn't get that chance. And for some reason, that helps me feel so much better. It helps me heal with my own resentments and stuff, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It may, and I'm really glad to hear that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you. And is there anything 
else you would like to share? I, I, I think you might have a, a current musical project you might want to talk about. Um, I, the, <laughs> the MMB or? Well, I don't know. Well, we, well, I should say that we have <laughs> performed in a band together called the Mutant Mountain Boys. <laughs> Which was amazing. Oh, yeah, and I, I'd like, and I'd like to, I'd like to have a reunion of that one of these days. By the way, um, I would, yeah, so I would love to Robin do that. And, absolutely. Robin and I did a band, still to this day, probably my favorite band, of old time bluegrass covers of new wave Devo songs, as well as gospel songs for the Church of the Subgenius. Now, you, you're welcome <laughs> to explain all that. <laughs> I want to do a subgenius show one of these days and have oh my some God, of the yeah. My roommate Jack is a subg, and he actually was at he was at our show. Uh, my current roommate, he's the one person in Tucson that has seen Mutant Mountain Boys play live. Awesome, very, yeah, very cool. He, I actually met him at X Day in Ohio. Isn't that funny? And he's my roommate now. But nice. So <laughs> you were? Uh, you said you had a band practice, so I thought that was something. Oh, oh, yeah. Play. So. So I, my friend Ruth, who I, I call Ruth my my West Coast Robin, and I call Robin my East Coast Ruth, because you you and Ruth are like the two best people I've ever jammed with, like my Aww. my favorite jammers. <laughs> 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 so Ruth and I are are she likes the old timey music too, and so we're doing this. We're starting in the very beginnings of starting this kind of this band where the all the songs are about murder ballads and like dead family members lost love all these like depressing things from the 30s <laughs> for some reason for some reason we're having a fun time with it <laughs> that's quite a theme <laughs> that sounds fun well i will definitely want to keep posted about what you're doing with that band we're, we're, that we're, we've been arguing tour. over what to name the band she, she okay. wants to call us the graveyard angels and i want to call us dig my grave <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Uh, awesome <laughs> definitely different i will say that so um is there anywhere you'd like to send um people who are listening who might have an interest in asexuality or or want connection or support around that um well or... so avon asexuality.org is the website for avon mm -hmm. um and then on Facebook, if you just type in asexual in the search bar, you'll find all sorts of groups. There's so many groups out there. It's great. Cool. And you find that on, online support has been really great for you still. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Well, I will definitely uh, get some of those into our show notes for people. And uh, I really appreciate hearing your story. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Samantha. Yeah. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by Teaching Your Relatives How to Find the Gallery View button. It's in the top right corner. Where See where it says Gallery View? Well, what do you see? That's the left corner. Yes, yes, see, yes, where it says Gallery View. Click it. Yes, yes. Yes, that is better. Yes, that's that's why I wanted to show. On sale now, wherever relatives gather on Zoom. And now, back to our podcast. So the winter solstice is coming up on December 21st. And that dawn is also the day for Househenge. Uh, Househenge is something that I, I call, it's my house 
uh, because on the dawn of the of the winter solstice, I have the house is built on an alignment with the sun on the winter solstice, and and it happens only once a year, and I think it's really cool. And you didn't do that on purpose; it just turned out that way. Well, my right? house is 115 years old, so I don't know. Yeah. You know, it, it's built. I mean, the street is cutting across town at some weird angle and we are actually the the front of the house is 40 it's 45 degrees off of the cardinal points so the corners of the house are facing north south east and west so the front of the house is northeast and the winter solstice the sun comes up right in the middle of the house and the way our attic uh, master suite is i have a wall that comes halfway into the room and the sunlight hits this wall every other day of the year. But on the solstice, it just misses the wall and the light shines right across to the outside, the window on the other side of the room. And it's very cool. And uh, when it happens in a lot of years, there's clouds on the horizon when, and that, if there's that, it won't happen. But I am hoping this year for a clear sky at the at the horizon at dawn and I'm going to live stream it so people and and then maybe we'll have a replay so if you want to wake up early <laughs> I want to do it. Are we gonna, can we do a Zoom hangout and and watch yes. with you, and then we'll we'll live stream it to Facebook, right? Or yes, we wherever, will do. Or I, I haven't figured out the technology yet. Robin okay. and I haven't got together to do that, but we will work we, it out. Do we and, know what time? Well, dawn. It's yeah, like well, around. What? It's around like seven ish, seven thirty, somewhere between seven and seven thirty, because like there's the official sunrise, but the sun has to clear the elevator tower of the high rise directly <laughs> in front of the window. Oh, so it takes okay. another few minutes for the sun to come up that high. And then it's like the beam of light comes through the window and it's all very mystical cool. and cool. Uh, how are people going to. So we're going to have, we're going to have a, a Facebook event that um, hopefully will be up by the time this episode airs and you can uh, join the event and that will give you the link to the Zoom or the live stream so you can watch along with us. Very cool. Should we do something like, you know, it feels like yeah. a uh, momentous experience. Should we drum or sing I, or should yeah, I just we'll, show up in my pajamas? <laughs> we'll figure it out. Okay. We'll figure it out. We have we have we have three weeks to figure yes. this out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It'll be fun. Yes. Yeah, I was just thinking, should we sing a song or do some interpretive dance? Or, <laughs> or well, we usually we'll each to give an offering, the house henge. Uh... Well, well, usually I just declaim, behold the glory that is house henge in a very dramatic voice. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will look forward to that. And I'm going to uh, let's do. A, We're doing an event. Juju for good weather. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We need clear skies on the solstice for this. So. Hope to see you there, hear you there. So, uh, all right. So, that's our thing. Why is this awesome? Well, welcome to Why Is This Awesome? 
And this is a segment where we talk about, one of us talks about something that we just think is amazing and we get to just rant about it and uh, <laughs> and share the joy. So I want to talk about Animaniacs 2020. I, I was so excited that Animaniacs was coming back after 22 years, but I was a little nervous because I, I, I had such anticipation for Powerpuff Girls when they did their reboot. And I was not happy. So, uh. so yeah, I mean, you know, I'm glad they did it. I, I might check out some of their other episodes, but I, I, I fell off of that pretty quickly after it came out. But this one, uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot Warner are back, and they're on Hulu this time. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, and I think they really have done a great job. Like, they captured it's, – it's zany – it's self-referential, it's topical, it kind of is doing all the stuff that the original one did, with some exceptions. They have some changes in it, which, you know, which I think are appropriate. Like, they really took into account the time that they're in now, because 1998 was actually kind of different in, the, in, in, some fun, in some big ways, you know? Oh, yeah. So they are, they, the first episode really sort of was about them returning and Steven Spielberg is in it and they sort of, they're, 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 re, they're being reanimated basically <laughs> and waking up and seeing like all oh, this new technology and just figuring out what the world is like now, which is, uh, which is interesting. And in one point, I think it was the first episode, they said something about then Donald Trump is president. And they're like, at least we think he is. We're writing this in, 19, in 2018. <laughs> So it's like, <laughs> you know, so they definitely, um, you know, like we're looking forward by a couple of years creating all this and imagining what it would be like. So that was pretty funny. Um, I like the way they changed the theme song because there are a couple of characters that really aren't in this current one. So like the original theme song said, Buttons chases Mindy while Rita sings a verse. And now it says gender balanced, pronoun neutral, and ethnically diverse. <laughs> so it's very funny. And it's, you know, and they did, they have like a black female CEO that is a recurring person. And um, they're kind of, I think they're both like making fun of the fact that we're so careful to balance things and make sure everything's correct. But they're also acknowledging that that's important. So they kind of, all of their humor kind of does both things where they're laughing at something and also see, taking the point you know hmm. i guess they call that hanging a lantern is that what that's called i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's like a, i i don't know that that's where you kind of your reference it's sort of self self-referential mm. and pointing it out i, I mean they, in the context i had heard it in was a science fiction show about you're sort of acknowledging that that something is a certain way and that not really giving you a good reason for okay it, but but it's yeah anyway it's like it's it's pointing it out and kind of where you don't really necessarily need to point it out right you're doing okay. it anyway yeah yeah interesting could be I don't so know. i have a question is this is this are these like a, a collection of standalone episodes or is there an overarching storyline um it's you know they they had do callbacks to things but they're they're like little segments Okay. So, so it's they, like, like, let's, let's, I thought, you know, cause you were talking to me about how like the, the cartoons, I like a lot of animation mm -hmm. and what I, and I don't like, I guess a lot of it is mostly adult or 
oriented or older teen, mm. you know, and not like the really not like the little kid stuff. So is this geared for people who were really small when the first season, the first came on and they're kind of re retooling it for the same kids, but older now, or is this for I their, it had some adult things in it, didn't it? It does. Yeah. It always has dirty jokes in it and things like that. <laughs> So it's it's one of those things. It's kind of like Warner Brothers cartoons and the fact that they're it's made for kids, but there's but not really. You okay. know, there's a lot of humor in it that's that's topical, that's political, that's um, you know, a little bit naughty sometimes. You know, it'll so go over the kids' heads, but right, the adults. Exactly, exactly. So it's okay. like, um. Yeah, I guess it's, I don't know what age they say it's supposed to be for, but it's really kind of for everybody. But it's, yeah, it's it's more designed like a kid's cartoon. Okay. You know, but they have, you know, stuff in it that's, that's you know, Bill Clinton was always in it in, in the 90s versions, like chasing okay. women or playing the sax or whatever, okay. <laughs> you know, things like that. Um, Trump has shown up. I, I haven't seen all this current episodes i saw like the first four so far trump shows up as like a giant one-eyed baby basically <laughs> <laughs> he's like a cyclops it's very weird um you know but and and again there was like adult commentary and things like that um so yeah i think if you really like um what's it called the ones that you um I always said Mork and Mindy, and it's not Mork and Mindy. Mort, what is that Rick one? And Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, my God. Rick and Morty and Mindy, yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, it's, if that's more the anime you like, you might, this you might find this corny, but. No, it, I. I like I like the Warner, I like the old Warner Brothers cartoons. I don't watch them. I mean, the stuff I like to watch. I like let's like the kids stuff I like to watch is is you know like Avatar the Last Airbender Legend of Korra uh the Dragon Prince all of those are by the same uh producers the same artists and okay. um you know they have but they have an oh, it's it's a it's a long story short told in half hour episodes like She-Ra She-Ra has right. a has a storyline you know so I like those where there's character development and stuff like that because I'm I'm more into the stories than just you know. But even Rick and Morty is is not a storyline. You know, okay. they, they have they come back to the same areas and things have changed a little bit, mm -hmm. but it's not like it's an arc, right? Thing. So yeah, I'll get. I definitely will check it out. It you know. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's like you know, so they have like the one segment and then they have Pinky and the Brain. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And then they have like a little ending segment kind of thing. That's kind of how it goes. Very okay. much. And Pinky, yeah, Pinky and the Brain is good. I like their new, I like their new intro, the animation of their new intro. They made it like very computerized kind of at one point in it, which is kind mm -hmm. of interesting. It's fun. Um, what else is cool about this? Um, oh, well, there was one <laughs> segment where it was called Suffragette City. So it was like a shout out to David Bowie. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. that was really cool and dot discovered she was talking about like the right to vote and how what, how what a great thing it is and everything and women's getting women getting the right to vote um back in the day and then realized that cartoons did not have the right to vote so uh -huh. she went on a big crusade <laughs> to get cartoons to vote and stuff you know so it's uh 
it's fun. And I kind of like, I didn't want to binge all of it at once because I think it's, it was too awesome to watch all you of it. You want to savor it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be a second season as well. So. Oh, great. I'm looking forward yeah, to I'm that. I'm going to check that and out. And this is on Hulu, you say? It's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of very Marx Brothers like. That's how I think. Oh, I like that. Oh, wow. If that makes okay. sense. Yeah. yeah. Zany. It's Chaos. zany with the with... Chaos element. <laughs> there's some, yeah, there's Chaos element. There's some, the smart, kind of smart humor, but done with nondescript animal type characters. <laughs> Yeah, because I think I just actually learned that they were supposed to be ducks originally. And then really, I just realized there are too many ducks. They're everywhere in all kinds of cartoons. And so we don't need any more ducks. And they just made them nondescript. You know, they don't have. It could have been their lawyer. Warner Brothers lawyers were concerned that Disney would go after them. Uh, Disney Disney has many duck shows. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But then there's that robot duck show too right what robot duck show the one that seth green is does seth green yeah nope. that's why i haven't seen it <laughs> <laughs> oh no that's a chicken it's a chicken oh robot, robot chicken. chicken yeah oh i don't like that yeah. oh, i found seth, it really kind of seth I, green <laughs> yeah i find it disturbing somehow maybe i i didn't maybe watch many of them but i would like i would just kind of happen upon it and it would be like some really not what I want to see seen, and then yeah. I get away yeah. from it. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't saying that I liked it, I was just saying that maybe they didn't want to be repetitive Step with the birds. With the bird, right? <laughs> oh man, so anyway, yes, so Animaniacs is awesome. The old one, the new one, okay, so Next, check, check it out, it out. <laughs> yeah. You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Sound engineering by Wendy Sheridan. Show notes by Robin Renee. Fake sponsor messages by Thomas Limoncelli. Web hosting by InMotion. And remote recording by Squadcast. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Leftscape. Become a patron of our show for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash leftscape. Thanks for listening.